And we are live. Welcome back to the One Two Kentucky Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, my guest is the Associate Athletic Director for Life Performance at the University of Kentucky, and she is also the former Head Strength and Conditioning Coach for Olympic Sports, Stephanie Tracy. Simmons. CTS, how are you doing today? I am great, Spurlock. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. So what I want to start off talking about is, and this will lead lead into uh, what you're currently doing at UK, but just kind of talking about your path. Um, so obviously, like I said, you are the former head strength and conditioning coach for Olympic sports. Uh, you were the person that hired me on the best hire you ever made, I assume. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. You had hair at that point. I I had a lot of hair, (laughs) but, uh, I want to talk, uh, start off by talking about your path. So starting where you got your undergrad and your graduate degree was at Ohio university, but you did not get your bachelor's degree in a strength and conditioning, um, uh, uh, major it was journalism correct so what was your plan when you were at ohio university you didn't want to be a strength coach obviously well no to be honest i didn't have a plan i just i knew um early on that i just wanted to get to college to get a scholarship and to play volleyball and so um when i got there um you know you have to have a major and so it was a for me i'm a high performer and somebody who always just really stretch themselves and I actually started college as a pre-optometry major. I did not know that. Yes. And so um, when I started, um, it became apparently uh, obvious that I was not going to go that route because my grades um, were not conducive to what needed to happen inside of pre-optometry. And that was a really hard lesson for me because I was a I was a valedictorian in my high school and not having the grades. And it was just a really big struggle because of the balance between being a student athlete. And I was on the road for every test I took for organic chemistry. And that was a really hard thing. So um, really didn't have a choice but to switch my major. And so because I am somebody who likes to set high goals, um, I thought, well, what can I do? And what's also um, a really good major and if you know anything about Ohio University, it's one of the best journalism schools in the country. Um, and so they take about 10 transfers in for the year. And I, that was something that I, it was a challenge for me. And I said, I will go after that. And I got accepted in the journalism program. And from there, um, actually learned a skill set that has really helped me throughout my entire career. And that's basically communication, yeah. but the ability to write and be, um, somebody that can just really be a strong communicator inside of writing. Um, you know, a person's brand is is based on a lot of different things. And you can be somebody that never even gets out of your bed and never even takes a shower. But if you're able to send an email that is really, really competent and really, really skilled and laid out in sort of that writing, then people see your brand and they think you're, you have it all together. So you know, inside of my performance stuff that I do now with our student athletes, that's one of the things that I talk to them about is it's okay if you don't have a path. I was on a, a wandering path myself, but anytime that you have an opportunity, you just need to do the very best with it that you can. And 
develop a personal brand. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the one thing that I found out very quickly about you is that your ability to write and uh, even more when I would send something, you would send it back to me with red marks all over it. Let me know what I misspelled in my grammar um, and how incorrect I was in using my commas. But uh, I digress. But you played volleyball at Ohio University and your strength coach was? Ethan Reeves. Ethan Reeves. So everybody knows Coach Reeves. He's one of the, the, the longest standing strength and conditioning coaches. Very well respected in this country. Uh, but after you, you were done, you graduated from Ohio and he gave you the opportunity to be, stay on as a graduate assistant. Correct. And Correct. what did you get your master's degree in? So I got my master's degree in, uh, physical education, uh, but my concentration was in sport administration. And again, if you know anything about Ohio university, they've got one of the best sports administration programs in the country. So, um, being able to combine my journalism degree with a sports administration degree coming out of Ohio University, um, it was it's a pretty good deal. So, so sports management is that what it is now? That, I, I don't know. They have two. They have two they? different. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And I think gotcha. they blended the program now to where you also can get your master's in business. Oh, really? Alongside of it. So well, I know Alyssa Rice is there now. She's a former women's basketball player at Correct. Kentucky, and Mitch got his master's at Kentucky. Correct. Or at a at a Ohio, Ohio University. University in that in that same program. There are many ADs yeah. in the country that have gone through that program. Very cool. So while you were getting your master's degree and working with Coach Reeves, what sports were you working with? Um, I worked with football. Um, I worked with field hockey. And gosh, it's been so long ago. I, I worked alongside and assisted with the volleyball team. But, you know, one of the things that I learned inside of that experience is when you are transitioning away from just being a student athlete yeah. and you're moving into a strength role, how important it is to create space between you and your teammates and helping you kind of find yourself as a young professional. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, he had that wisdom and really kind of separated me from that. So um, I, I hold Coach Reeve at, at a very high regard. He was a good man. And, you know, inside of what I do now, inside of life performance, I, I kind of reflect back inside of that because truly I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I knew is that I had an opportunity to get a graduate degree uh, on a scholarship and he was giving me an opportunity and he saw something inside of me that I didn't ever really see for myself. And I remember the day he came up to me and he said, have you ever thought about being a coach? And I was like, well, no, not really. And at that point he said, well, I have a graduate assistant position that's there um, and there are very few women in the field. Is it something that you would be interested in? Because I, I see that there would be, would be potential for you. Yeah. And so he really op opened the door for opportunity for me in that. Awesome. So after your time at Ohio was done, uh, didn't know what you were going to do. Did you still want to be a strength coach after? So, so to be honest, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just started applying to be a strength coach, but also where else could I use my journalism skills and what did that look like? And yeah. In my mind, um, I think it, you can approach your career path in two ways. You can be really rigid and say, I'm going to go this direction no matter what happens, or you can be really open and realize opportunity when it comes. So I took the latter and just decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a very wide net and see what comes back to me and just trust the universe that whatever comes back to me is really what I'm supposed to be doing. And so the internship at UCLA yeah. uh, came back to me and and that was just a, an incredible experience as well. So let's talk about, so what year was that, 1997? Yes, I, I started at 
I started in 1998. 1998. So UCLA. was that a phone interview or did you have to go out to LA? So yes, I, um, it started with a phone interview and then obviously they wanted to meet me in person and I, I asked, well, how do I get there? And they, they said, well, you buy a ticket and you come out and if you really want the position, that's what you'll do. So that's what I did. I, I bought a plane ticket and I, um, found my way to through Westwood. Uh, flew into Los Angeles, California, LAX, and being a small farm town girl from Ohio, it was quite a an experience. But I, I figure you just kind of got to go with it and see where it takes you. I bet. Well, that's awesome. And who did you interview with at UCLA? So at that time, the head coach there, the head strength and conditioning coach there, was Kevin Yoxall, and uh, his assistant at that time was Mike Lynn. And Mike Lynn is still there. He's the director on the Olympic side and. Um, both again, very good men who gave me incredible opportunity inside of the inside the profession. So this morning, I had to I had to look up your official title at UK because I wasn't sure what it was. So I looked <laughs> that up, and then on your bio on UKAthletics.com, it listed out all the sports you worked with at UCLA. Yeah. So you had everything from softball, women's basketball, men and women's water polo. Yeah. And then a handful of other sports. Yep. Swimming. Did you say women's soccer? No, no, I didn't. But Yeah. And then obviously at that time, those were the days where everybody worked with everybody. And I worked with football yeah. as well. And so the, that in and of itself, I think just being a, a woman in the profession in those days, it just really opened my eyes to what was available there. Yeah. Um, and inside of that, just I was a get back coach. So I stood on the floor of the Rose Bowl telling those guys to get back and it was just an incredible experience. And then obviously you're at UCLA and at that time, I mean, they still produce incredible athletes, yeah. but I mean, I'm very young in my career age wise um, and experience wise. And I'm working with athletes that are either professional or, or Olympians. And, and some of the coaches that I worked with, I, I mean, for instance, Jill Ellis was the head women's soccer coach there and we all know Jill she's the the person that won the world cup yeah. with the women's soccer so just my career path and where it's led and how I've kind of crossed paths with some just incredible leaders and coaches one thing in this field and it's still true today is you have to earn your stripes so when I was getting into the field I had to take a volunteer internship position at Duke University your job at UCLA wasn't a voluntary basis you got paid but it was essentially nothing it was like ten thousand dollars in la it was it was so you know i got hired <clears throat> and i think that's just grace and timing and being in the right place at the right time you know i think people get kind of sidetracked too just thinking that they can they can get to a spot where they've created their path and they're they're earning it and they're deserving it but there are many people that probably would have been qualified for that position but just the grace and timing that inside of our paths crossing for what UCLA needed and my ability to get there. But yeah, when I took the position, it was $10,000 for the year. Um, I didn't have a place to live. I didn't know anybody there. I actually found my roommate online. Um, that was right as the end of coming out <laughs> trying to date myself. It was that screeching dial up that you yeah. had. And um, she was actually moving to Los Angeles at the same time. She was um, from uh, Iowa State she was going into advertising which was my concentration inside of journalism and I met her at a local hotel I met her and her mother and just realized she was a decent person and of character and wasn't going to steal from me. <laughs> so we decided we were gonna look for a place to live and we found a place and uh, my half of the rent was $550 which 
presented a challenge oh, because geez. after taxes, my, my check was 709. So yeah. um, on top of working, you know, old school strength coach hours, I mean, no joke, we, we, I would, I would ride my bike. Yeah. Um, once I could afford a bike, I would ride my bike to the weight room at, you know, five, five fifteen in the morning. And I would get home just before wheel of fortune started. So that was seven o'clock yeah. and, and we would work those Monday through Saturday, obviously Saturday, I would be on the floor at the Rose bowl. And then, and then Sundays because I needed uh, more money, I ended up getting a second job just kind of as a housekeeper to some folks in Beverly Hills and, they would pay me cash and I would leave there with the cash in my hand to go get groceries. That's crazy. So th I always loved hearing the stories when you and Jeff sides would talk about your time at UCLA because <laughs> you guys rode your bikes in together. Correct. Uh, not because you wanted to work on your fitness, but there's nowhere to park. There was nowhere to park. I mean, parking there at that time was really expensive and I can only imagine what it oh, is geez. now, but yeah, being able to ride a bike to and from, um, and you know, that's also an experience riding, on Santa Monica Boulevard or Wilshire Boulevard or Westwood Boulevard on your bike, weaving in and out of traffic, you know, in the mornings, it's not so bad, but, um, coming home, yeah. you know, the traffic was bad. So you would have to weave in and out of, out of those cars to get there. But yeah, we all kind of lived in the same area inside of Westwood and we would get on our bikes and ride to and from. And, and honestly, I was thankful for that because sometimes you just never know what you're going to see on the street in LA. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2002, you, you decided to interview for a job at the University of Kentucky. Who did you interview with here? So I interviewed with uh, Mark Hill, who is now in our executive team here in mm -hmm. administration. And then uh, there were three administrators that were here um, inside of the department. So I, I interviewed with them. But Again, talking about grace and timing, um, I think this is important to note that Mitch Barnhart had really had just taken that job in 2002. So I believe he got hired in June of 2002, mm -hmm. maybe just a little bit before that. And my interview came along um, and, oh well, no, he would have had to have been earlier because my interview was in May, May or June of mm -hmm. 2002. So I think he probably got hired maybe in April yeah. of 2002. Um, and just again, grace and timing. I think there was just a lot of change. Everything was happening. There was a, a fresh excitement about the department at that point in time. And obviously a commitment to kind of pour into strength and conditioning and make it a little bit better. So that's one thing Mitch has done is he gives my staff and he gave you at the time, all the resources in the world, but you're hired on as a strength coach here at Kentucky. You are a staff of one. Correct. How long was it just you? So. It was me. I, I took the job in August of '02, and um, I was able to hire a good friend out of UCLA. He was an assistant there at the time. Um, his name is Jeff Sides. You've mm -hmm. mentioned Jeff. And um, I was here by myself running pretty much the everything yeah. um, until October or November of '02. So then it was you and Sides. And inside. once again, I loved hearing the stories when I first got here, how you guys just had one computer and yeah. you had to share it. We did. We did. <laughs> it was awesome. And then eventually uh, you were awarded a GA spot. Scott Willis filled that position. And then in 2006, I came along. You did. I, yes. So that how, was an awesome interview. Day, oh, yeah, man. I, I maybe said four words. I answered every <laughs> question with either yes or no or <laughs> I think the one question you asked me was, do you have any brothers or sisters? And I just said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
you actually should probably come talk to me in my role now. We'll get you set up so oh, you yeah. can at least expand on your answers. Yeah. I, I've, I've developed a little bit you since 2006. Have. Come out of your shell. Look at you. Uh, running I'm, a podcast. I'm running a podcast and I have less hair. So, <laughs> um, so you know, you brought me on. Our staff grew. When you left uh, strength and conditioning in 2013, let's talk about that though. So there was at one point where you were kind of splitting roles, where you were still in the weight room with us. But then you were also on the administrative side and you were the uh, liaison, administrative liaison for track and field. Correct. How did that all come about? I don't think we've ever really talked about this. Right. So, um, you know, I think as you go through your career path and you kind of figure out where you are and you set goals for yourself. And as you can tell, I'm kind of a, a goal setter, but I also allow things to kind of come to me. So it's not so similar to what I did with my approach to journalism and my approach to my degree and my approach to UCLA, I had gotten to a spot where, I mean, quite frankly, we had really built something pretty awesome here. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like growing leaders and growing people underneath me to kind of make those adjustments and, and kind of grow themselves and putting them in a spot where they could be successful. Um, and, and you were part of that team inside of that when I had both of my children. And so, you know, inside of leadership, I've learned that one of the best things that ever happened to me as a leader and actually really ever happened to the staff that was with me at that time was my maternity leave um, because it forced me to plan and it really forced me to teach the people that were with me how to do the job on a daily basis and actually put them in a shared hardship or a position where they, they didn't have a choice but to grow and to get it done or they were gonna fail. And thankfully you all rose to the occasion and kind of got to that spot. But after I returned from having my second child, I realized, you know, I, we've created something really awesome and I've grown people underneath me who are incredible leaders. And I've been here for 10 years and that's really flown by. And for me, and this is just a personal thing to me, is did I wanna be in the weight room 10 years from now? And for me, the answer was no, because I had accomplished all of the things that I had set out to do. And as you know, um, inside of strength and conditioning, there is a chance that you can become safe or you can become stagnant inside of your programming. And I was approaching that point and I realized that about myself. And I just really felt that my coaches and my student athletes and the people that were around me and, and expected so much from me somewhat deserved more than where I was inside of my mindset, my professional career. So with all of that background, um, I just approached our athletics director and there we were having some administration shifts. We had some people who had moved on to different positions um, across, the country, across the country at different institutions. And I just said, hey, you know, if you ever thought about me being in administration, reminded him of my degree from Ohio University and my other skill sets that I had, um, and, and, you know, at that time he just said, well, thanks for telling me because I really would have never thought about that. And that in and of itself was a lesson that it's just important to voice some thoughts that you're having to leadership that are around you because if they're intentional and they really have a heart for growing leaders, which we all know Mitch does, yeah. um, they will listen. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to work out, but in my case it did. So he gave me the opportunity to be a liaison with track and field and you know, it's kind of, that's kind of a funny story is he's like, look, our, our coach has been here for 30 years. He's an amazing man. He runs a great program. This will be a very easy 
thing for you to do. Well, unbeknownst Psych. to me, I know <laughs> he retired. Next thing I know, I'm on a national search for a whole new coaching staff for track and field. And I'm at the Olympic trials sitting there with Mitch Barnhart and the people that we're trying to interview. Yeah. And, and I'm just on top of still having teams in the weight room. You yes. still had softball, women's basketball, swim and what volleyball. volleyball. You still yeah. had a full plate. Correct. Correct. And, you know, inside of all that experience of just being really uncomfortable and not knowing what was coming at me, I look back now and I have, I had actually prepped myself for that by getting into my car and driving across country to go to Los Angeles to take that job. So, you know, one of the lessons inside of all of that is just really stretching yourself and being okay with that stretch, but just knowing that you have to take risks and understanding what those risks can come with, but just making sure that they're calculated and smart. Absolutely. So talking about your current role now, you're the associate athletic director for life performance. So, and you've had, and you've had a few other administrative roles Correct. since the time that you've left, but you've gone from sports performance to life performance, Correct. kind of give, uh, everybody listening, a kind of, uh, you know, life performance one on one one What are you doing for our student athletes? Correct. Well, to back up just a little bit, I was part of the athlete development performance mm -hmm. division here. So when I moved into administration, I really oversaw everything that touches what we all know as performance. So yeah. that's strength, that's nutrition, that's psychology. At that point in time, that was leadership, mm -hmm. um, that was athletic training and sports science. So really kind of helped corral all of those pieces. And then about 18 months ago, we our, our senior leadership, including Mitch, kind of got together and just reimagined a new division called the Student Athlete Experience. And inside of that Student Athlete Experience, there lives three prongs. The one is academics, um, which is headed by a gentleman named Paul Downey right now. And then we brought in leadership, um, and that is headed by Sean Umbrell. And Sean uh, took the position of Jason Cummins, who uh, Jason, an incredible leader, came to us, um, longtime Army, retired from, from there. Um, and oversees the student athlete experience division and then myself inside of life performance. And for me, much like my transition away from the strength role into administration, I felt like inside of the athlete development performance division, I had really gotten to a spot where I understood what was happening inside of that and really have a heart still for growing people and given my path where when I started college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I see and I know how much stress that can be for student athletes, really helping them understand that, you know, life performance is not siloed away from athletics performance. And to be very honest, if you are an incredible strength coach and you are, I like to call, you know, you have an art form, but if you're very good at what you do, you're a craftsman and you can be a master craftsman. And great strength coaches are master craftsmen because they are able to tie all of life inside of what you're learning inside of the weight room. And I really wanted to take those skill sets that we've all lived and seen and applying that into their lives and having them understand that when I'm in the weight room or I'm on the field of play, what I'm learning there actually is very applicable inside of my life. And how do I transfer what I'm doing there into my life and how do I transfer the, my ability to have time management skills? How do I transfer the ability for me to receive pretty strong critical feedback on a day-to-day -day basis and still grow from that? Work in a team environment for mo in most cases. 
be able to um, take a, a bad situation and be able to flip it and still make it a positive. All of those things are learned in sports and be able for them to understand that transference, but then be able to articulate it to employers because employers really love athletes because they're competitive, they have good discipline, they persevere, they have grit. And, you know, I've always lived inside of athletics, so I don't know any different, mm -hmm. but I'm hearing that not everybody's like that. So <laughs> it's just kind of fun for them to understand that performance doesn't live in silos and that every single thing that you do, either on the athlete side or the student side or the person side, it is all applicable to everything you do. Yeah. So let's talk through some things that you have organized in your current position. Um, career fairs, bring in employers on campus and making that available just to our student athletes or the people right. within UK athletics. Correct. Um, how many employers were at the last career fair? So this past one, we had 45 employers and people will say, well, that's not very many. That seems we like had, a lot. Well, we had quite a few, but we were very intentional. Yeah. And so back to being organized in the weight room and understanding stats and running through numbers, right? We took a look at our the majority of our sophomores to seniors, what are their majors and what are they looking for? And then we intentionally match the employers that we actually accepted inside of those majors. And we made it a win-win for both. So we had 45 employers and we had about 180 student athletes come. And I can tell you, I know of at least five to 10 interviews that have happened or are going to happen inside of that relationship building for our student athletes. And that's just really awesome. And during that career fair, career fair they obviously get interview experience. But even before that, people were looking at their resumes, making sure that was up to par and ready to go. Uh, I believe you guys even had etiquette classes. Yep. Classes might not be the right, or right. workshop, let's say, where, you know, if you are on an interview and you're out to eat with that, right. with that person, how, yeah. how to not be yeah. a slob, how yeah. to dress. Yes, and, yes. So, you know, you, you find resources and we had a, we had a professional come in and talk through etiquette and how to sit, how to talk, how mm -hmm. to put the napkin in your lap, <laughs> all of those pieces that, you know, did you know you're not supposed to take the bread and swap it up after you eat? Yeah, I didn't, you know, of course I do that at home, but you know, she said that's not really a good thing to do on an interview. Yeah, yeah. So I've had to kind of giggle because, <laughs> you know, I like to get every last morsel off the plate, but um, just providing those professional opportunities. We do, obviously we have the, the resume building. We've built an incredible team, an incredible partnership with Secret Career Center here. Um, one of the visions inside of even President Capilouto is we don't need to recreate the resources mm -hmm. inside of athletics. Why are we not using the resources that are already existing on campus? And so, you know me, I'm going to go just find people that are b better at whatever we need to do for our student athletes. So found an incredible group of people inside of Suckert Career Center, and they've been fabulous with helping with resumes, helping with interview prep. LinkedIn, the ability for us to get professional headshots. So our student athletes, um, you may have seen on Twitter, we've started to release some graphics of some of our student athletes going I either. I think that's super cool. It's really awesome. And it keeps like me up to date because I am so disconnected from what they are doing on the academic side. So I saw that, you know, Jackson from men's soccer got the job at wherever. NCR, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it just helps me connect the dots. And that's something simple you guys put out on Twitter. Right. And 
but part of that too is to show what pathway they're going because inside of life performance we know that our students are going to go pro in one thing they're either going to be a pro athlete mm -hmm. which we want them to go if that's where they want to go we, we want them to have that dream and chase that dream uh, to be a pro student meaning that they're going to go on and get a graduate degree or a, a PhD or go to a professional school like dentistry or optometry something along those lines or you're going to go pro career and being able to highlight that one of those three avenues that's where you're going to go and that's just been a lot of fun watching our student athletes kind of grow and what we've found and which I had hoped is once we started to release those it creates excitement among our student athletes even they see where people are going and they're like well I want to do that yeah I can see that that's a that's a that's a goal for me where I want to be and so um, that momentum and seeing that has been a lot of fun so let's switch gears just a little bit uh, one thing I've talked about is I think it's incredibly unique that Mitch Barnhart has hired on three former Kentucky strength coaches to his administrative staff so yourself obviously Mark Hill and Ray Oliver and that's something that makes Kentucky special to me. So I'm going on my 14th year here. So when you and Mark were ahead of the the heads of the ADP unit and now Ray Oliver is, I have a former strength coach that knows exactly what I'm going through and when I'm asking questions and when I need to uh, buy certain equipment, it's, it's super convenient for me to do it because he's not coming from a business background he, he's coming from he's, he's a former strength coach so that's why Kentucky is special to me but I would love to hear you're going on your 18th year yeah, now at Kentucky years, why yeah. have you decided to stay here why do you think this place is so special well Kentucky is a special place because it I mean just the family that goes along inside of what we do you create family you create really strong relationships and unlike many other institutions or university athletic departments we don't have a high turnover rate here and the people that have been inside of athletics are retiring after 30 40 years inside of athletics yeah. now i'm not saying that that's my career path i don't know where my life is going to take me but i'm using that as a way to illustrate that people here are here for a long time because kentucky is such a special place what makes it a special place it's the people it is the people it's the people being able to sit down and have good conversations and really care about each other inside of the family. And the ability for people to grow, um, the ability for them to, not necessarily inside of positions, you know, I know that my career path is very unique and it's not some, that doesn't happen every place. Um, but just knowing, just knowing that you, we're in it together and that we, it's just the people it, it really just comes back to the people yeah. awesome awesome so let's talk about uh your current development so what are you listening to or reading right now to become a better leader in your role yeah um what i'm reading right now it's taking me a very long time to make it through about half of the book it's a very large book but it's called team of rivals and mm -hmm. it's about abraham lincoln and uh how he surrounded himself with the people that ran against him yeah. inside of his inner cabinet mm -hmm. um and inside of my leadership i i i do a good job of usually surrounding myself with pretty good people um but i do a pretty good job of also surrounding myself with people who think like me sometimes yeah. but i also do a pretty good job as you know of surrounding myself with people who have different skill sets than me um so 
this book takes it a, a level deeper where you are he surrounded himself with people that didn't really think like him or didn't really even necessarily like him yeah. and then the strategies that went inside of all of those relationships to have a greater good um one of the things that i'm learning is that the the civil war didn't start and you know this is just my ignorance prior to reading the book it didn't start to end slavery as a matter of fact that was very far down on the list because if people said that that's why they were running a lot of times they didn't get the chance to move forward so abraham lincoln won on the premise of we need to keep the union full and then as he got the power and the position to do that then the anti-slavery movement started to find it funnel its way to the top and that's so that strategy and alignment, um, it's really helped me kind of rethink that. So that's one of the books that I'm, I'm reading right now. Yeah. So we read a book this summer as a strength staff. It was Lincoln on Leadership. Yeah, and that's, that. yeah. that's one thing they talked about. And that's like you said, I didn't realize that Lincoln had surrounded himself with people from the opposite political party, but people that he knew that would provide the critical feedback. Yeah. That need. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool. So let's talk about you being a former strength coach. What is one thing that you miss about being a strength coach? Well, if I'm honest, I really miss yelling at people. Yeah. Not yelling. You can't do just, that in your office? You know, it's kind of a bummer. When you get inside of like a, a boardroom or whatever, you, and, and here's the thing, and this is what I've learned. I'm a very intense person. I'm a very passionate speaker. I get kind of fired up about things. I know this about you. You know this about me. Um, but I think some people don't understand that that's – okay and that's not i'm fired up or we're out of control or i'm i'm mad about something it's just the way i communicate and that's part of my personality so i do sort of miss that structure inside the weight room because it allowed my personality to shine a little bit differently than what is inside of our senior team right now yeah you know and again that's me i have to understand my my environment and my my surroundings and i have to be able to to form that way but i will say too on the other side of that i really miss being able to influence people on a day-to-day -day basis that really really are sponges and really really want to learn mm -hmm. and inside of my current role that's allowing me some of that and that's been a lot of fun um and just this opportunity to even sit and talk with you being able to pour into you or the strength and conditioning community it's really my heart and passion is just to grow people. Yeah. So that's that's really the biggest thing that I miss. Awesome. What is one thing you don't miss about being a strength coach? I don't miss getting up early in the morning. Yeah. What time do you wake up now? Um, I work, well, if I'm not late, which, of course, that's such taboo in strength and conditioning world. Yeah. Um, but I usually get up around between 530 and 545. You got to get the girls ready to school mm -hmm. and all of those pieces. So I do not miss the early mornings. You know, when I first started this, it was a struggle for me then. And the the teams that I worked on, they told me you'll get used to it, and that's that was not the truth for me. <laughs> I never really got used to that. So yeah, one thing I do miss is uh, and is our camaraderie. So now that you work over in Cats, you're if yeah. even if I'm over at Joe Craft, it seems like you're so far away. So yeah. I do enjoy this time that we got to sit down for thirty to forty minutes here and talk and catch up. But even when we were all in Shively, we were all shoved into the same office. Yeah, I love that. And on the drive in this morning, I was thinking about we used to get there, 
get the Shively, get in the office, set up for whatever we needed to set yeah. up. And then we would go in the office. I would eat my cereal. Yeah. We would watch the news yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. And there used to be something like at 555, there was a certain segment on the news or something yeah. would happen. And we'd be like, all right, that, that means we got to get on the floor. Time it to start is. coaching. It is. You know, I love the shared hardships that happen inside of strength and conditioning. And, and I mean that in terms of just the staffs, but also the student athletes. Yeah. And the ability to find fun and have just a really fun environment inside of those hardships, it just makes, it just makes the, the experience so much better. I, I mean, I remember programming and I would be there and you guys would want to talk to me and I would have my special programming ring, ring on. Yep. You can't talk to me when I have my programming ring on guys. Cause I got to focus. That is funny. It's a lot of fun. So I'm looking at our summer program now, and that's something special that you started here at Kentucky, um, kind of the building of camaraderie and shared hardships with our student athletes. And I just so happen I'm starting my uh, summer programming for women's basketball and volleyball. And we do have, uh, for people out there that don't know, every Friday we take our student athletes through a very grueling workout. And it's just like Steph said, it's meant for them to build camaraderie, have some shared hardships together. So we might have 60 student athletes doing a workout on a Friday morning uh, during our summer months. But on July 10th of this year, we are doing the workout that's named after you, the CTS. <laughs> so, so put it on your calendar okay. so you can uh, come in, give a motivational speech to those student athletes that stay with us over the summer july 10th 2020 awesome, awesome. all right well let's call it there i appreciate you coming by and talking with us hopefully you enjoyed it and hopefully everybody out there enjoyed our conversation thank you and go cats thanks for having me